Welcome to Tea with Culture. I'm Hint Mazena, and in this episode, I interview Yasmin Atasi from Green Art Gallery in Dubai about the exhibition Modernist Women of Egypt, which is on until 27 July. The exhibition focuses on the period between the 1950s and early 1970s. It reflects on the role of women artists from that period and addresses issues of nationalism, womanhood, activism, traditions, and multiculturalism. Yasmin and I discuss the reasons behind the show, the artists featured in it, the representation of women in art, and if this is a feminist exhibition. Here's our conversation. Hi, Yasmin. Hi, uh, Hans. <laughs> uh, congratulations on this new exhibition. Thank um, you. I'm very curious to know what started it and how long did it take to get to what we have today? Yeah, um, well, actually, I mean, as you probably know, um, green arts uh, history as a gallery started in modernism, in Arab modernism. So um, for me, as a, as a director, when I took over, it was really important for me to keep that uh, history um, and to create, you know, even though we went into a more contemporary program and represented contemporary artists, once a year I tried to kind of look back uh, at history to make these connections, that platform that people are missing. Um, Dubai kind of went into the super uber contemporary uh, shift of con like it started with art in a very contemporary it went straight into contemporary and I think that many people really felt that there was a lack of historical material and historical sort of storytelling in art um, and the only way that they were getting access to those was a little bit in a fair like art to buy modern but or a little bit in the auction but not everybody goes through the auction and at the end of the day these are three-day events I mean how much material can you pack in and how much content can you pack into those events so um, the, um, the subject is modernist women of Egypt. And um, the reason I became interested in the subject when I was researching this show actually over two years ago was for me, Egypt has always been something of, a, of a, an incredible cultural, you know, gigantic powerhouse in, in the 20th century. And I was very interested always in the Egyptian modernist movement uh, from all from the beginnings until serialism and, and later on. But what uh, occurred to me was although women artists were so profoundly um, you know uh, sort of present in that time uh, when you look at the history books and when you look at the current shows there was never a question of how come there was such incredible female talent in Egypt and the reason I was interested in this is because when you compare Egypt's um, female kind of sort of talent to uh, in, in that period to Iraq, to Lebanon, to Syria, you never have that density. And, and it's not only about the quantity, but really about the quality. I mean, these female artists of Egypt, in, in Egypt were on par with their male counterparts. And I uh, thought that this would be such an interesting uh, angle to start talking about uh, Egyptian modern art and its relevance today. But also to look, I mean, as uh, my research sort of deepened, I started realizing uh, how incredibly active these, not only women artists are, were women in general in the development of modern Egypt. Forget about modern art, but really modern Egypt. Um, it started, you know, we, we published um, a little booklet with the show and we commissioned two essays. One of them was the women's role in 20th century Egypt, looking at the role of women's salons at that time. Uh, when, I'm, when I'm saying this was late 19th century, early 20th century, that started with an elite group of women, starting from the um, royal family of, of Egypt. So uh, that's why I decided to make this show. How long it took, the idea was actually probably two years in the making, but research started about a year ago. 
and I traveled uh, several times to Egypt and um, getting access to material was very difficult of course uh, getting access to art to the artworks some of them are on loan others are uh, from private collections that we're selling um, so yeah that's how the idea came and I'm very pleased with the response I have to say I mean as I expected people are really hungry to learn more uh, as we spoke before um, earlier you know many people knew here tidbits here and there heard some names but no one really understood the importance of these artists I, I totally agree because quite a few of the artists in this exhibition uh, it's the first time I see the work up close and you know I've heard of some of the names and I think because a lot of these works are part of a private collection, they only crop up, as you mentioned, during an auction or at art fairs, and it's very kind of limited access to the work, and, uh, and it's a shame because, like you said, from a historical point of view, um, there isn't enough opportunities to see this kind of work. Um, and with these women artists, I mean, a lot of uh, the works showing here, you know, it's kind of representing, uh, depicting daily life. Uh, some of them are very kind of intimate moments, like there's a beautiful sensual uh, painting uh, uh, there, and uh, and women in hammam, and you know, and 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 to me, kind of this representation of the Arab women in art is something I'm always very interested in. I'm seeking, and why don't we see enough, right? And um, and. In, in terms of kind of the opportunities to see this kind of work or educate a younger audience, if it weren't for these kind of exhibitions mm -hmm. happening here, at least, I'm, and I'm speaking in Dubai, you know, how else would we know this? Yeah. And, and do you know, ha has there been in the past any kind of major retrospective of one of these artists or women artists uh, in general from, from this period? Yeah. From, from um, Well, Egypt and the Arab world, I don't know if that's too broad. Yeah. Uh, um, no, I mean, actually, l let's start with the Arab world. There has definitely been many, many shows from, uh, for example, one major show that happened was um, in Washington, uh, I believe it, um, perhaps it was in the early 90s, if I'm not mistaken, that was curated by Sarah McDadi. Uh, and she created a major exhibition. At that time, it was very, very major. I mm. mean, this was the first time that many of those artists, it was called Forces of Change, Women Artists. So it, uh, she brought together a selection of women artists from across the Arab world. And many of them were, I mean, now we're like when we, like someone like Ital Adnan, now she's a, she's a household name, but exactly. at that time, no one knew Ital mm -hmm. Adnan, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Salwa Mikdati really worked with, and actually I have to say also that Salwa helped me a lot in the show, and I have all the yeah. uh, sort of, you know, uh, sort of support from her. Yeah, no, she's a powerhouse. Salma Magdadi yeah. is this amazing brains, yeah. and uh, anyone who has an opportunity to meet or talk to her, it, it's great. And, yeah. and she currently teaches at NYU yes. in Abu Dhabi. But yeah, anytime there's an opportunity to yeah. speak to her, I, I, so I suggest people her grab her attention. <laughs> Uh, for the show, and uh, and she also introduced me to uh, many people in Cairo. So I have uh, really the utmost respect for Salwa. So she created this um, this big show called Forces of Change. Mm. And when was this? Thing? I, I want to say early uh, 90s, okay. if I'm not mistaken. Mm. I might need to check the the book just yeah. in case. Uh, but it was definitely mm. not more than the early mm. 90s. Mm -hmm. So this was a really particularly strong exhibition mm. in the states at that time. Um, in terms of the Egyptian female artists, I know for one, for example, Inji Aflatun, because she was a feminist and an activist, and she was always trying to push female, sort of female, Egyptian fe women's rights, but also Egyptian women artists. And she curated uh, or organized, let's say, a number of uh, sort of female-only exhibitions abroad. One of them was in Paris, and another one was in the States. 
so that's but that was in the 70s you know uh, so in more current times I'm not sure that there was I might be wrong but I'm not sure there was a particularly uh, female only you know uh, or Egyptians let's say for Egyptians there was uh, several um, you know sort of focus points like uh, at the Tate did a salwar of the Shukair retrospective they're now opening uh, Farah Hanis Zaid in June um, but these are little focus shows they're not uh, they don't put in the entire picture and by my show is no by no means trying to put the entire picture we are not a museum uh, but it's really just a, a little preview um, yeah, I agree, and I think you said the word here, museum, because we don't have museums uh, yet anyway to, to show this kind of work, and I'm hoping... So by that time, I'm hoping to create something else. Yeah, I totally yeah. see this as a small seed to hopefully something wider. Uh, hopefully this will start ideas within the region to focus on, on, on female artists. And, and I think, yeah, like seeing the world from a female point of view, and, and I... And I know um, in the recent talk that happened here at Green Art Gallery, there was this hesitation, is this a feminist exhibition yeah, or, or not? <laughs> um, it wasn't supposed to be at all. Uh, I'm not a feminist myself. Um, but our research led us. I mean, you cannot deny and you cannot ignore the feminist movements of early 20th century Egypt without talking about these artists. So that's why it ended up being not about a feminist show, but really this was a big focus. And um, for example, we talk when our research led us to when when we when we talk about women in Egypt, you have to talk about Huda Sharawi, who was a big feminist, and uh, Doria Shafi, who was her contemporary, and Sizan Abrawi, and we it led us to the first feminist journal that Huda Sharawi did in the early 1920s. This was in Egypt in the 1920s. There was a feminist movement. There was a feminist. Uh, journal that discussed women's sort of rights, but also their roles in post-independent Egypt and how to kind of, um, you know, build their country. Uh, so that's why the feminist angle came on because you cannot ignore it. Nevertheless, it's not the only angle of the show, as you rightly said in the show. There are certain focus points. One of the focus points, as you rightly said, was intimacy. So there are a number of works that look at the intimate moments of the women in Egypt. One of them is, you know, in the Hammam, another one is a sort of Vesela Ferid of who's of Bulgarian origin, of a sort of a lonely woman contemplating after the Hammam. So there is many other angles uh, other than the normal feminist angles. And I think uh, the history or, or access to information about women's movements and feminism in Egypt, early 20s, is so important, I think, to share. Because, again, it's something that is, uh, isn't in a lot of our consciousness. You know, whether, you know, my generation is something... Like, when I found out about the journals, I was amazed. I mean, they're printed in French language, so unfortunately I couldn't I read so it. Uh, I was so excited when I... Uh, yeah. But it's, it's, it's so seeing... And uh, if if you're in Dubai, pass by Green Art Gallery because they've got some of the original copies. Uh, and, and also, sorry to interrupt you, but also in the catalog that we published, we reprinted, um, uh, we included uh, one essay from one of the journals. We kept it in French because we felt that we were not there to, you know, to uh, um, translate or, or to recontextualize the text, the original text. But yeah, you could definitely come pass by and get a catalog as well. Um, but then my question leads to the role of, um, and fine, we might go into kind of a bit of historical context, because I'm trying to imagine what was it like at the time, right? For someone, uh, say, say the Egyptian woman who 
doesn't speak French, you know, who doesn't come from a, like a bourgeois mm -hmm. background compared to a lot of these artists. Like you said, some of them are, you know, almost royalty mm -hmm. and who are a lot more privileged in position, mm -hmm. right? In terms of education, access, mm -hmm. and they can do this art versus the hardworking mm -hmm. woman, the mother, the, you know, not the. What was there um, a, a two-way conversation? So, like, what you know, the the women who are out there, kind of fighting, and you know, trying to. I mean, of course, as you rightly said, these journals were published in French, so it catered to a certain elite audience. Yes. Huda Shaarawi was in, was also part of this elite audience, mm. but she, um, many of the um, you know the rights that Egyptian women have today. They, they go back in time to Hida Sharawi. Mm -hmm. So she created the first feminist group movement. Um, she had many other contemporaries after her. Mm -hmm. uh, Doria Shafi also published um, a, a journal after, but also it became in Arabic because she understood that language became um, a problem. Mm -hmm. So yes, there was probably not a big uh, sort of, there was a big, let's say, a discord between the classes, but the feminists or like elitist women were actually fighting for the rights of the normal women and not for their own rights you know I mean not for their own rights as elitist women and at the time uh, you, you mentioned earlier that this work was shown kind of in the context of like salons and um, how accessible was it not to the work uh, itself, okay, but what the I was saying is that yeah what I was saying is actually um, the earliest conversations about the role of women in modern Egypt were in salons in the late 19th okay. century. Uh, in, uh, like, you know, the sister of and the wife of the royal family of King Farouk. Um, and they, that's where, you know, uh, the idea of what can an, the Egyptian women do to alleviate the, um, uh, the, the problems of, um, of Egyptian women at that mm. time started. Um, so Huda Shaarawi would constantly, you know, of course, be present in those salons. But also there was, I mean, people forget, for example, that the School of Fine Arts, which is established in Egypt in 1908, it was the first Egyptian university of fine arts, Egypt, first Arab university, excuse me, uh, in the early 20th century. It was thanks to the, uh, I believe, the sister or the wife of King Faru. And uh, it was because she, she donated the land, you know, and she understood that arts played a very big um, role in uh, uh, expanding and in, uh, you know, sort of um, improving the lives, but not only improving the lives, becoming more cultural. She understood basically the importance of art and culture. So that's what I meant by it started in salons, it started with elitist women, but then it trickled down. Uh, and the trickle down is very important. And in terms of kind of like passing the torch, you know, have these artists uh, acted as mentors? You know, what, what names came after them yeah, to carry I mean, on their, uh, the example, work? Uh, you know, we included in the show several names who, and it was on purpose, who, uh, quote unquote, were not Egyptian. What I mean by that is that they were not ethnically Egyptian, but were um, foreigners, but have born, were born and lived all their life in Egypt. Uh, so these two are Vesela Farid and Margot Veillon. Margot was Swiss, uh, Austrian, um, a Swiss, sorry, and, but she was born and raised and lived all her life in Cairo and died in Cairo. And Vesela was of uh, Bulgarian origin. So these two, uh, especially Margot, she set up a, an artist studio. And uh, Margot actually taught art to uh, Njia Flatoun. Njia Flatoun was her student. So 
Um, I don't know what happened in the generations after. I think the idea of being a female artist was no longer something to be discussed. It wasn't like at that time. Um, and I'm not sure if probably at that time they even thought of themselves as a female artist. They just thought of themselves as an artist. Um, I mean, don't forget when you look at the bios of most of these artists, you don't hear of a, an artist today from Egypt going, I mean, you do, but maybe not very much. Some of them went to Slade, some of them went to Central San Martin. This was in mm. 40s, 50s, maybe even 30s. So they were really, I mean, they were not considered as a housewife and then an artist. They were really full-time artists. It just feels uh, really progressive compared to now, right? Absolutely. Where it becomes... Uh, <laughs> depressing, I think. Totally, right? Because yeah. uh, like a lot of times I think, wait, I, I don't know how much forward thinking we're seeing today compared to what was happening in the past and, and find there's this kind of luxury of looking at the past and lamenting and everything in the past always sounds yeah. like it was a better opportunity, at least in, in the context, I think, yeah. when I talk about the art world, obviously. But... Yeah, like today, especially here within the Gulf region, it's almost, uh, you know, the role of the female artist is because artists, oh, you know, it's kind of, it, yeah, it's almost like a default, yeah, you know, because they're women and yeah, they can yeah, be artists, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, and, sure, sure. And, and so it's kind of fighting the stereotype, but like yeah. from a completely yeah. opposite yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> point I mean, I of view. I was really scared of being, of having this show as a stereotype. I also didn't want to have like this show as a Western stereotype, like, oh, the Arabs had women artists and now they're being discovered and you know and this is really not what the show is about in fact I'm trying to show how much they were incredible artists period they never thought them of themselves as a woman artist you know I mean so I really wanted to stress that fact and make sure that even any text that came out of the gallery or even the text that we commissioned for the catalog really respected that because I didn't want to um, sort of ori uh, orientalize the show. Well, that's the problem, right? Yeah. That's the kind of the orientalist gaze, yeah. The, yeah. the male gaze, exactly. the female gaze yeah. from yeah. The kind of this other perspective. Yeah. And it's such, it's such a, so much layers. And I yeah. think it's interesting because it does lead to very interesting discussions and conversations and learning through yeah. these discussions. Um, out of the works in this exhibition, what was, what's your favorite? Oh, it's tough to say. I mean, there's a number of works that um, I love. One of them is the Gazbi Surri, which is um, a family of a Nubian family, uh, a portrait of a Nubian family. And this is on loan from the Bajilar Foundation. And it's just an, a beautiful, incredible work uh, of Gazbi from that period. Um, another one that I absolutely love is the Margot Vaillant Bathers, which is the only work that we were able to access before 1950. It's a 1938 work. It's absolutely a stunning work. Um, and Inji, of course, I mean, Inji, for people who are who know Egyptian art, is very famous. But we included works of Inji that are very difficult to, uh, to get normally because they're from the late 50s, early 60s. One of them is uh, a large piece, a large for at that time, called Le Pain de Notre Vie, looking at, she had a, she had a series of, works she did because uh, she was in prison during the prison period she was in prison by Nasser for her Marxist views and where she would um, look at the bread you know makers of course bread was uh, was a, a symbol uh, for her and this work uh, has been in a private collection for the past 40 years um, and the the owner or the, uh, the, ex, the ex owner bought it from Inji herself um, and Inji, when she first made it in 1964, she immediately showed it at the Alexandra Biennial in 1965. And then she showed it at a major exhibition at the Grand Palais in Paris in the late uh, 70s. 
where they were doing a retrospective Egyptian modern art. So it has an amazing provenance, an amazing exhibition history, and it's just a stunning work. It's a very, very powerful work. Whereas the other works are more sort of, you know, looking at this, the typical, uh, you know, villager, and which are really beautiful, but, you know, they're more serene, whereas this one is just really, really, really strong. Um, I also really love the work of Vesela Farid. I think it's really interesting to look at this Bulgarian uh, you know, artist and, and how she portrayed Egyptian women. Um, and again, going back at the time, and I, you know, I'm speculating, again, I'm trying to imagine what was it like when their work was exhibited, were they exhibited on the same par as you know, the male artists, they were, were they seen as equals? And actually, um, some of them, like Inji um, Aflatun, when she was young, she joined the Art and Freedom Group, which uh, um, I, I don't know if you are aware, but maybe I'll a little bit give a little bit of a sort of a, a background. And the Art and Freedom Group were, were Egypt's first serialist group, and it was founded by George Hanan, and um, it was a major, major group. Um, and they were really avant-garde. You know, the Saint Pompidou recently did a show on on this group, curated by Sam and Till. Uh, of uh, reoriented, um, and Gazvi Asiri joined a later group called the, um, the Contemporary Art Group. Uh, so they were really—I mean—they were not oh, a woman artist. They were really on par with their male counterparts. But of course, Egypt being Egypt, there were still many more male artists than there were female. But still, compared to the rest of the Arab world, it was something. And uh, avant-garde, like that's a phrase I, I like thinking about because I feel today there really is no avant-garde, even though th there are yeah. who, who, you know, kind of position themselves yeah. as avant-garde. No, like, but if you read about the serialist group of Egypt, I mean, you would be just amazed, amazed. The manifesto that they published and they were, I mean, you, I don't think you have something like this of equal value in today's world. I agree. And why do you think is that? Do you think everything's been done and said? I mean, I don't think so, but... Um, I don't know. It's tough. Maybe blame the market? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Um, I really don't know. It's a tough question, but I think the market does play a role with it. And and I think here, especially in Dubai, like the context of art is very uh, seen through a market eyes, right? It's this contemporary art and our, you know, the access to what we see here is through galleries. You know, and and I have to say that not because I'm a gallerist in Dubai, but I, when I travel, especially like to quote unquote those uh, art centers. Of course, yeah, you do yeah, a lot of travel. Yeah. Um, you know, to New York, mostly to New York. I mean, I'm really surprised at the lack of avant-gardeism or the lack of, uh, of just really interesting shows. Mm. And when I look back to what we and my colleagues do, at least in Asakal, mm. I really think that we are way ahead of them. We take much more risk. So even though, I mean, of course, we also have to pay our bills. You know, I mean, we're not here. It's, we don't have any support. So we, we do have to sell art at some point in order to fund our activities. But I do really find that what we do is really much more avant-garde mm. and much more, takes much, much more risk than colleagues in New York, for example, which you would expect them to do, you know, but they don't because their rent is very high or, you know, or they follow, the, I feel like they follow the market much more than we do. That's interesting to hear then. So, I mean, I do agree there are galleries here who I think have to wear sometimes multiple hats. Yes, of course, you're here to sell, you know, you've got a space, bills to pay, and I totally get that. But it's interesting to see a gallery like you, for example, who once a year puts on a show that looks back mm -hmm. and it's more about where it feels it's more about education yeah. or, yeah. Or, or creating insight into something that is, hasn't been 
isn't known. Mm -hmm. And and I can't think of many galleries who do that. And it's not their uh, it's not in their remit. I totally get that. But I think it's just this for me. It's this frustration, right? Just the model of how things sure. are. It's always sure. kind of a, a market driven. Yeah. PR, it's yeah. about selling, and, yeah. and it's like, wait, where we don't have access yeah. to enough kind of not for profit or institutions yeah. to show Although this if work. You compare, I mean, you've been here long enough, and as well, like me, I mean, if you compare the art scene today compared to what it was 10 years ago, I mean, the things oh. that we have today, I mean, when I look at kids, not kids, but like teenagers today, and what I grew up with in Dubai as a teenager. I envy them. I mean, we never had any, we didn't have anything. I mean, we, I don't even know how I became an interesting person. <laughs> Probably thanks to my parents, you know. I, mean, I think we, it's parents and know, reading yeah. travel. I think travel plays a big role. today, young uh, people today in the UAE, you know, have so much options. Yeah. I mean, let's say you want to be an intern somewhere. You have like a million options, you know. So there's definitely more. I think that we definitely need, I'm not saying that we are finished, but I think that compared to where we are 10 years ago. We are way ahead. And I feel so inspired by all the young people who are doing things in Dubai and in the UAE or even in the Gulf or even in the Arab world. You know, people are really, not everyone is being market driven. People have to sustain themselves somewhere. So someone has to get paid in one way or another. And that's not a shame. It's not something no, a taboo of anyway. But in order to do it delicately and in an interesting way and to create a balance between commercialization and education and and, uh, and you know, also to ask questions because a gallery shouldn't really pose, uh, it, it should pose questions, not create, uh, you know, uh, answers. Like this show, I'm, I'm by no means giving you an absolute open document to what happened in Egypt at that time, but it's to create some kind of inquiry, you know? Yeah, and, and I think today there is so much there is access to information if one needs it yeah, and absolutely. you know so it's up to the person if they're complacent and yeah. go oh I don't know about this because mm -hmm. A they've never heard about it or yeah. never researched yeah. it enough and but I think it's yeah, how and, and you know the, the role of the internet and mm -hmm. the role of travel and the influx of people that come mm -hmm. here and people who've studied and come yeah. back here yeah. and so there's this whole mix of all of this happening and, and it's almost trying to like filter your yeah. way or, or yeah. see who, who knows who doesn't know sure. who's here to share who's here to nurture yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's me kind of like trying to navigate my way and, yeah. and latching on to <laughs> okay wait yeah. this is know, the space I that I know I'm going to learn sure, and, sure. And, 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 and I think that in today's world if any any entity or an individual who stays placid will not go anywhere. So if you don't listen to your audience, whether your audience is a general audience or buyers or artists, you know, I consider artists to be my audience, mm. you know. Oh, totally. So um, if you don't listen to them, uh, then you just become uh, irrelevant. So you will, you will lose any entity. So this is whether it's an arts mm. or if, if you're not an arts. So I think... You just have to stay relevant. Mm. And I always ask myself that question. How do I stay relevant as a gallery? Yeah, that's a good question, I think, to keep yeah. thinking about all the time, right? Because then it only it makes sure that you're on your toes. And, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't want to just turn one solo show after another. I mean, I don't think that's very interesting. I, I love to work with my artists, and I love to put on solo shows. But I think that you have to push yourself a little bit. Yeah, no, and, and, and stuff. It know, is. No, of course. Stuff. It's definitely yeah. not an easy task. But then that's why I say I tip my hat of two yeah. green art gallery because you. yes you've been one of the galleries who've been around I mean yeah. I remember you know the house near yeah, yeah, Dubai yeah. Zoo right yeah, and Jumeirah yeah. and uh, um, yeah. and yes you know I've always focused on kind yeah. of the modernist yeah. phase of art but yes you you know the way I think you, you, there's this interesting 
balance mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. in terms of the um, the different types of exhibitions you yes. showcase and the yeah. type of artists yeah. that you bring in and and yeah this kind of almost once a year mm -hmm. opportunity mm -hmm. that looks mm -hmm. back I think that's a really um, that's a good part of the cycle of the mm -hmm. year and you know bring the old and new yes. right and and yeah, and and in terms of bringing and I love to put on shows yeah you know? no I no mean, and it shows it's like you're, you're I mean, <laughs> I, for me it's an art like it's it's um you know I think about the scenography I think about you know it's for me I don't understand when my some colleagues abroad tell me oh the art gallery is finished I mean I would die if <laughs> an art gallery if the space is finished I mean what to be just from one fair to another I mean for me I, I love to put on a show I love to think about the installation and look at 3D models and look at the color of the walls and work with an artist to really you know I mean this is what makes my life so exciting so if yeah. the dearth of the gallery model is finished then I probably should go to another do something oh, else oh no what would you do I'm not sure I, I don't know if this is my life because yeah that's right I have been reading quite a few articles about you know the the model of the, the gallery yeah. right and, and it's relevant and uh, should galleries just rely on art fairs I but that, I can't I, I can't imagine that that's a good much way. more important than yeah. anyone ever thinks Perhaps some people like to go to supermarkets or okay. art fairs yeah, to, to shop or to learn about art, but others still like to come to the gallery. And I will defend the gallery model. Okay. I will continue to. So it's here to stay for you. Yeah, <laughs> inshallah. Great. Uh, thank you so much, Yasmin. That was a great conversation. And uh, yes, uh, listeners, please do make your way to Green Art Gallery. The last date of the exhibition? 7th of July, so you've got plenty of time. All right, so listeners, make sure you make your way to Green Art Gallery. Lots of important work, rare work, an opportunity to see this work in person. It doesn't come often. Uh, so yeah, please uh, spread the word and uh, do pass by Green Art Gallery. Thank you again, Yasmin. Thank you, Hen. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can subscribe, download and listen to Tea with Culture on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud and Stitcher. If you like this episode, please leave us a review and tell us what you think. You can also follow Tea with Culture on Twitter. Thanks again. Until next time.